Hi, and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Oncology. My name is Priya, and today we're discussing a series of papers on cancer survivorship in the USA. We're joined by one of the authors, Dr. Anne Partridge. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So first, Dr. Partridge, could you please provide some background to cancer survivorship in the USA, its history, and its progress? Sure. Cancer survivorship in the United States is really in its teenage years, I would say, it's something for adults that has really only been focused on specifically over the last two decades or so, whereas for pediatric oncology, they've been focusing on it for many more years as a field, and that's in part because in pediatric oncology, they were getting to more cures earlier than, they, than we have in adults. And as they affected more cures in pediatric oncology, particularly with childhood leukemia, they recognized the damage that could be done to these young patients when they were treated with very toxic, though effective, therapies at their developmental life stage. And so increasingly, the pediatrician said, hey, we need to figure out how to not only cure the cancer, but keep the patient whole and able to live a life uh, as full as possible after cancer treatment, and increasingly as we've affected more cures in our long-term survival in adults, we've also embraced the important fact that uh, cancer can leave many both physical and psychological scars in patients, and we need to not only get them through the early active therapy, but we need to help them to manage the aftermath, to help them to recognize, prevent, or, and or mitigate the long-term late effects of the cancer diagnosis and the treatment. For, and for many, that's chronic therapies now with chronic side effects and risks that need to be more fully understood as well as measured and managed. And so with this increasing recognition, um, we've grown a field called cancer survivorship where a growing, though still small, group of providers are doing more and more to recognize, study, and improve the long-term and late effects for our patients. According to the papers included in the series, what are some of the most pressing issues with regards to survivorship care and cancer survivors, and how are these particularly pertinent to the USA? So, what, One of the important issues that's true everywhere is that just like when patients are diagnosed with cancer and they have, might have a different type of cancer that needs different types of therapy, you know, cancer is not one disease, and even when you're talking about one type of cancer like breast cancer or colon cancer, there are many different permutations of those diseases as we've increasingly learned both from a how it presents as well as on a molecular level. And just like that's true in terms of diagnosing and treating the cancer, that's also true that one size doesn't fit all in terms of managing a patient after the diagnosis and treatment. And I, I would argue that cancer survivorship actually begins a diagnosis for many things, including thinking about how to keep the patient as healthy and living through the cancer treatment, as well as preventing long-term late effects for things like fertility and people who haven't completed their childbearing helping them emotionally from the diagnosis and beyond, and helping them to heal both physically and emotionally. These are things that are worldwide, but particularly in the U.S. and other westernized societies, cancer survivorship is, in the cancer spectrum, kind of a luxury, right? Because in many other societies in less developed countries, access 
to cancer cures is more of an issue. In the U.S., access is much better, although not for everyone, and we still have some work to do with our disparities. But more and more patients are getting through and beyond cancer, just like they are in other westernized countries, and thus cancer survivorship and the need to tailor care to survivors so that patients get the right care at the right time. And in the U.S., we have a very, very complicated healthcare system, um, and that is different than in many other countries where it's not, a pri it's not a public system fully, although there are public aspects to it. And so access to care, organization of care can be highly heterogeneous in our country. And so especially when it comes to managing survivorship, which again hasn't been something that even today clinicians focus on enough, um, that has been very tricky and there's been very heterogeneous care. And so improving that quality by creating guidelines that can be um, established and implemented across the cancer uh, survivorship spectrum, I think is really, really critical to improving the care for American survivors in particular, and I think they're helpful worldwide. What are some of the gaps in knowledge and in care for cancer survivorship, and how can these be addressed in the future? Well, in part because cancer survivorship is such a newly recognized field relatively, um, we really don't know all of the late and long-term risks that patients face and things they may encounter during their early survivorship and late survivorship phases from especially newer therapies. And so we need to continue to grow the research base so that we can inform how we care for our survivors. Uh, notable examples are, you know, we know patients are at risk early on of toxicity from anthracycline-based chemotherapy to their hearts, and yet we don't have a great handle on what to do with adults who have received anthracycline-based therapy, didn't have an early problem, but may be at higher risk of problems later on. How should we monitor this? How should we deal with it differently than we might an average patient who's at risk for heart problems independent of a cancer diagnosis. And so we need to get better about managing these risks, and we can only figure this out better by more effective research and studies that follow patients and at times intervene either earlier or later in, a, in an effort to thwart the potential long-term late effects. But it's very, very tricky, especially when we still have a lot of work to do in terms of affecting more long-term survivors in the cancer world. So we have to partner with our colleagues in other specialties who focus on the organs that are at greatest risk, including the hearts, the lungs, the brains, the bones, as well as the emotional complexity that cancer survivors uh, deal with. And so we, we really need to do more from a research standpoint to understand the long-term late effects. And then finally, we need to really figure out how best to implement our strategies in our complex medical system. Um, and not, you know, break the bank in terms of resource use and tailor therapy so that it's not, you know, everybody is offered everything, but in a more risk-stratified way, patients can access what they need, but at the same time, we're not wasting their time and wasting our societal resources for patients that don't have specific needs but may be offered to them in an attempt to try to get everybody everything. In your opinion, how can clinicians, patients, oncologists, and primary care providers effectively deal with the rising cancer burden in the USA? 
I think the really important thing is that we need to continue to recognize the importance of cancer survivorship with our patients and, you know, alert them to not only are we going to get you through this cancer, but you may have problems down the line that we want to help you with, so you need to communicate with us. And then we also need to pull in the increasingly available and helpful resources in our society, especially with technology. We have more and more web-based um, resources where patients can do more self-management and we can communicate with patients better through technology these days and with the electronic health record, there can be more collaboration and coordination. So I think when you think about survivorship, um, some of the main areas include improving health behaviors, coordination of care, and then thinking about and managing long-term late effects. And a lot of that can be done through internet-based technology with education and monitoring and communications that don't have to be traditional, sit in the doctor or nurse's office and be educated. Patients are increasingly looking for self-help, and we have to figure out how to help them get the information they need tailored to them, and at the same time, they can come along and grab it and be more educated and know what your average cancer survivor needs to do and then what specifically they need to do in order to manage their future from a healthcare perspective. And finally, what are the next steps to achieve progress? Well, I think the next steps are uh, continuing research and funding research to improve the organization of cancer survivorship care, which will then help us to better understand the long-term and late effects of survivors, because if you build it and you organize it well and they come, you're more likely to be able to measure how they're doing more effectively and more efficiently. And we also need to continue to communicate with each other our learnings. So there are a lot of things that we need to learn. But there are also a lot of work that has been done already that is slow in terms of its diffusion into our communities where patients are being cared for and its uptake. For example, fertility preservation. We've got a lot of strategies to help people to preserve fertility if they have not completed their childbearing before they start their anti-cancer therapy, and yet there are still gaps in implementation of this important uh, uh, that issue for patients when it comes to uh, starting cancer care or in follow-up. This is also true with health behaviors such as exercise and diet. We, I think we have a handle on what people need to do, but we still haven't figured out how to help patients to actually lose weight when they're overweight, to stop drinking if drinking was alcohol, if that was a part of why they diagnosed their cancer, helping patients who haven't quit smoking to quit smoking so that they can be healthier, not only from a cancer treatment and recurrence standpoint, but also from a risk of future long-term late effects that may or may not be related to the cancer. So we need to continue to work on implementing things we already know in a broader community. Thank you, Dr. Partridge, and thank you, listeners. See you again next time.